This is the No More Wasted Days podcast, and we're your hosts, Sarah Kaufman Bradstreet and Heather PG. Grab your favorite NA drink and listen as we share vulnerable stories so you never feel alone on your alcohol-free journey. And gain insights from us as we break down our most used tips and strategies that have kept us alcohol-free. It's time to break free from wasting any more of your days to the drinking blackout hangover cycle. All right, today we are talking about getting through the holidays and remaining alcohol-free, which I can say was one of the things I was the most afraid to do. Heather, do you kind of feel the same about that? I do. I think holidays yeah. are are particularly difficult to try to not drink around. And I quit drinking in the summer, but I remember that that was one of the things where I'd go, well, what am I going to do on Thanksgiving? What am I going to do on Christmas? And I had to really just put it out of my brain and say, I'll deal with that when I get there. But we're getting really close to it now. So I know that this is a topic that a lot of people want to make sure that they're ready for, that they want to just make sure they're as prepared as possible. We're going to offer some awesome tips to you guys today that you can use as you go through this holiday season. And you'll probably find out, like Heather and I have found out, that it's not as overwhelming as you think it is. And I have actually found out that I enjoy holidays much more now, being alcohol-free, which I didn't think would happen. Have you figured out the same for you, Heather, or has it been a little more stressful? No, they're totally, they're much, much better without alcohol. Hands down. It's just like, it's funny that we think alcohol is making things less stressful for us. And then all of a sudden you start experiencing it and really looking at it with an honest eye, which I think is so important because we can lie to ourselves and say, no, it was more fun when we drank. But when you're super honest, you start realizing like, oh my gosh, it's way better. But I thought it would be kind of interesting today to kind of share our memories of a booze-filled holiday and just like what stands out to us there? Because I had a lot when I told you, I was like, oh, come with a memory to share to the podcast. I wrote down maybe five or six, and then I had to narrow them down. But one of them for me that was just so humiliating, and I feel like it was actually my very last Christmas as a drinker. We always hosted Christmas Eve at my house with my my family. So my parents, my sister, my brother-in-law, And it was a drink fest. They would show up probably at like 10 a.m. and I'd just be drinking the whole day. Little did I know they weren't actually all drinking, too. I really thought everybody was on the drinking train with me, but they weren't. But this year in particular, we ended up having to go to my sister's house because there was a terrible ice storm. We had the car that could get there, which really put a damper on my whole drinking thing, except for my husband said he would drive. So we just partied down at my sister's house. And when we were leaving, I had been drinking all day. I had been smoking weed behind the scenes all day long, too. And I was just pretty toasted by the time we were leaving. And I decided the best plan for our drive home was for me to take a road beer. So I had put a beer into my purse, which then fell out of my purse as we were put getting our family into the car and rolled down my sister's really steep driveway right in front of my dad. And he just looked at me and he's like, oh you lost something. And it was so humiliating. And I rem- and I, I feel like the most humiliating part of it is that I went and got the beer so I could still bring it to drive home and have what was left in it because there was still a little bit left in it. And it's just one of those memories that stands out to me like, oh my gosh, you couldn't see at that point, like 
the destruction that was going on all around you, just this chaos you were creating and this embarrassment I was creating for myself. And then the next day, Christmas Day had to happen, which means Santa needed to come still and all of the magic needed to happen. And I was a wreck the next day. And I remember opening presents and just knowing that my husband had to have gotten me either vodka for Bloody Marys or some champagne for mimosas. And I was just, I feel like I was searching through every bag, like, let me find the present with the alcohol in it. And when I finally did, I was like, oh my God, this is what I need. And then I just restarted the party again. And I remember that was the night where like Christmas ended. And I looked at my husband and I said, I feel like the magic is gone from this holiday. It just leaves me feeling so exhausted. And I just started crying and I just lost it at the end of the day. And little did I know the overwhelm was all being created by me. But that's definitely one of my standout memories. So Heather, how about you? Yeah, I have a lot. Um, but the first thing that came to mind, I used to think that I had, you know, like panic disorder. I mean, I have, as a human, pretty high anxiety. Turns out alcohol, obviously, is like adding gas to the fire of any anxiety, let alone if you happen to run on a lot, like I do. So I think it was the last holiday or last Christmas that I drank. I was like upstairs in my room having a panic attack couldn't join the fun festivities because I was convinced that my family member had contributed to the panic attack without knowing that like hey when you start drinking mimosas at 9 30 in the morning and it's now 2 p.m like that is the that is probably why you were having the panic attack but I was so convinced that it was my family member like just so convinced so that one sticks out for sure. And like you were saying, Sarah, like being like low-key hopeful that someone had gotten some like kettle wine or some more wine just to keep in that that loop that, you know, like helped me feel the anxiety get better in air quotes. And then it just starts all over again. So that yeah. was one that stuck out because I really thought it was like truly like borderline, like mental health crisis level panic attack. It was. It was the mimosas and the, and the booth. Yeah. What... It's totally, it's just ridiculous. The story that we tell ourselves that this is all, this is all because of other people, or this is all because I have anxiety. And when I hear myself tell that story of like Christmas 2018, just hearing me speak it, that's a different person that I don't know anymore. And it is shoved down our throat that we should be celebrating on Christmas. And one of the ways you can celebrate is with liquor. And it's just kind of in our faces that that should happen. But I actually, that led me to kind of think about like, what are the, what are people dealing with, with depression around holiday season? So I started Googling depression during holiday season or stress during holiday season. And I found a blog post by healthpartners.com. They referenced the American Psychological Association and found that 38% of people felt their stress levels increased during the holidays. And that's just a blanket, blanket group of people, nobody with underlying anxiety issues just saying, okay, let's blanket test this group of people. 38% of us are saying, oh, stress levels are so much higher. And I know that too. I used to hate Christmas. Holidays would come and I'd say, oh, I hate the holidays. And it was because of the stress. And I was just like, the stress is so overwhelming. I can't do this. And then they even wrote in there that stress can lead to an increased risk of illness and substance misuse. 
And it's just like, yeah, because we all think that goes hand in hand. Like if we're having anxiety, why don't you have a drink to help with that anxiety? Beyond that, the National Alliance of Mental Illness found that 64% of people living with a mental illness reported that their conditions would worsen during holidays. And when you think about it, there's the generalized stress. We all just have more responsibilities during that time and we get physical and mental fatigue then. And then there's just this pressure of perceived obligations that we have to have during that time with meal planning, gift giving. That one always gets me. And the financial stress around those gifts. It's just there's a ton around the holidays. I do love that it said perceived obligations because that's what I actually found after I quit drinking. All of this was so created and I could step back and start creating boundaries once I had a sober brain to start dealing with it. Did any of that surprise you hearing those figures or is it just kind of like, oh, that's exactly what I was expecting? Yeah, I would actually think that it was higher, but I know. I think just being in the mental health field for so long and working in a hospital, I probably saw, you know, I would see such influx of admissions coming in from mental health issues, people coming in to detox, people who needed inpatient stays for their mental health. So that's probably why I think that's higher. Or I'm probably talking to myself too, because I like you, like I used to despise Christmas in particularly. Because, like, I was in, my dad had died, and I was just, that was his favorite holiday, and, like, grief. I mean, it just exacerbates, yeah. you know. That was one thing that they talked about, too, that loneliness can be huge for people. And definitely if it's the first holiday after passing of someone you love. And just, and I've had to experience that now, actually, in my sober life. And I was, I was actually so happy that I was sober to do it. Because I was kind of like, now I'm going to know if I'm actually sad. And not just drunk, because I feel like before my emotions were so clouded and I would think like, oh, it's not that I'm sad. I'm just I've drank too much tonight. And it's like, I think we need to understand it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be stressed during the holidays. It's okay to feel lonely. But we're going to give you some tips and tricks to make it all feel a little bit easier today. I actually came up with four tips that we're going to go through to help you get through your holiday season being alcohol free. And if this is your first holiday season being alcohol-free, I just want you to know you can totally do this. Heather is proof you can do it. I'm proof you can do it. There's so many people in our community that have done it too. So it really is out there. It can happen. But the first tip is to focus on the positive. I'm totally huge on the focusing on the positive for all things. And I think that was my biggest game changer this time around when I quit drinking because forever when I had tried to quit drinking, I would focus on the negatives. I would focus on the, oh my God, I wish I could have a drink. Oh my God, I'm so stressed. If I could just have a drink, it would fix it. Oh, this is going to be so boring without alcohol. Is that how you felt when you had tried to quit drinking and it didn't actually stick? Yeah, I felt like, like, oh, what am I going to do? How's it going to be fun? Or how am I going to handle this family member or this event? But what really changed the, I think, success was the community and the, and the mindset, actually. It took a while, a whole, a long time. Right. I was going to say people want that mindset change to happen overnight, but it takes a lot of practice. So some of the ways you can practice through your holiday season is just really trying to be present through your holiday. And there's ways it's hard to be present. Obviously, we have so many distractions in our life. But a lot of times when I'm thinking, you know, just stay present in this moment is when I'll kind of look around and think, 
almost senses. What senses am I, am I feeling right now? What can I smell? What, what can I feel? What do I hear? What do I see? So when you are thinking, okay, she's talking about being present for the whole day on a holiday. What does that actually feel like? What does that look like? Think about your senses and bring yourself into the room and start doing that. And then start thinking forward even of like, I'm going to be thinking of like, how is this making me more present for the day because I'm not drinking? And one of the ways for me is that I'm no longer thinking about drinking. And that was a huge thing for me when I first quit is I realized how much brain space alcohol was taking up. And when I started realizing that, oh my gosh, I can actually sit and watch my kids unwrap presents and I'm not thinking about, oh man, there better be a bottle of spicy vodka underneath this Christmas tree so I can go make a Bloody Mary. Instead, I'm actually watching my kids open the present and I'm just enjoying it. So start being present and noticing those little things throughout the day and start going, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about alcohol all day long today. And obviously that might not happen in your first Christmas without alcohol, but you will notice like this isn't consuming my day. You're also not numbing the day with alcohol. I think so much of the time we think we're relieving stress, but actually you're just numbing all your senses. So if you were going to do a sense check and see if you're being present, well, you're not being as present as you could be when you're drinking. The next thing that I always tell people when you're focusing on those positives is that you can focus on things like how you're going to talk to your family members. We all have family members that kind of irritate us or maybe aren't our favorite people. And I was really worried about that without alcohol, but I found that actually I'm better at handling my relatives with grace, with humor, and my brain is firing on all cylinders and I'm just better at responding to them. And I'm not just being sarcastic like I was when I was drinking. And it's just one of the positives for me. And definitely not having a hangover after holidays is a huge positive for me. I just spent so many December 26ths being a disaster. And my first December 26th, when I wasn't hungover, I got so much done. I actually cleared through all the presents and like got everything organized and into its area and, and actually rested and relaxed and enjoyed the season. So is that kind of what you've found too on focusing on those positives? Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like, yeah, it's just so much more magical and you can rest and enjoy and enjoy the yummy chocolate or, you know, yes. your favorite cake recipe. It doesn't have to be alcohol. You can indulge in other ways that, you know, won't give you terrible anxiety or like guilt-ridden and like shame of what did I do the night before in front of my uncle that I haven't seen or, you know, it's just so much more joyful. And then, like you said, on the day after, you can rest and you can truly rest. Like you're not reco recovering from a hangover. You can actually relax and enjoy your time. I think that's awesome. That's an awesome benefit for sure. I think some tip when you think about like gift giving, one is like, I know gift giving can stress people out, but it gives you an opportunity to be more intentional and really mm -hmm. get to know the people in your family or whom you buy gifts for. Also, this random tip of mine, or like not tip per se, but like, when is that when you wrap gifts, the paper's not correct. Imagine that when you're not a freaking <laughs> wrapping your present. The your wrapping like, job actually looks better. It does. It is far more enjoyable. Throwing some good music, it's so much better. And if you're it a really person is. who doesn't like the holidays, say they, they're just not for you or you're sad, I think getting 
in like acts of service for others, like you could handwrite cards to folks living in a nursing home, for example. Or if you don't like to buy gifts for people, you can adopt like a foster child through the Department of Health and Human Services to like brighten their day, kind of pay it forward. If that's not your thing and you're feeling lonely, like do something to help somebody else. I think that's a yeah, a good tip. Especially if you're listening to these tips and you're going, you know, I don't even have to deal with handling unwanted comments from family members because I don't even see family. It's like, okay, well then start creating that community somewhere. And I feel like when we go out of our way to do those things, it really makes it all feel a little more worthwhile. Right. Yeah. You can, you know, if you're battling with isolation, you can help someone feel less isolated. Yeah, for sure. So our next tip for you is prepare for success. You need to be prepared around the holidays mentally for sure. But one of the most basic things we can do is have some non-alcoholic drinks on hand. I think this is the one that people overlook. And especially if you're farther along on your alcohol-free journey, I feel like sometimes I find myself even guilty of it, like having an empty, empty extra fridge that's usually stocked with my tonic water and my kombucha and my unsweetened iced tea and my ginger ales. Like if I don't have that ready at the holidays, I know I'm going to feel that like kind of a nagging feeling almost like, oh, I wish I had something. I never feel that way if I have the non-alcoholic drinks. So some of my go-tos I just listed off, but like kombucha is always flowing in our house. And my favorite right now is tonic. I call them my ginless tonics, but just my tonic waters with lime. It's so basic, but it totally fills the void and it just makes me just feel like I'm in that festive spirit. So those are some of my everyday things. And then really when I'm stepping it up, I have found that Martinelli's sparkling cider is the best champagne replacement. I've tried a lot of the champagne replacements out there, and that's definitely my my go-to. What are your go-to non-alcoholic drinks? Mine are pretty basic, but I like sparkling apple cider, and I just love ginger ale. And there's fun things that you can add to ginger ale around the holidays. Like, I'm from the South. We'd be loving a punch, like a fruit, like a yeah. holiday punch in the South. So take an opportunity to, like, you know, make some ginger ale with, like, some cranberry juice or what have you. Just you can keep it simple. Or if you're like really into mixologies, there's tons of stuff. There's available. so many cool things out there now. And I think that it's like, I, I think it's one of those overlooked tips. It sounds so basic and kind of almost dumb or sarcastic, but it is so like your brain doesn't have time to realize it's not getting the alcohol. Your brain is just saying like, I want to drink, I want to drink, I want to drink. And then you give it one. It's like, thank you. And then it takes it a while to go, oh, that didn't have alcohol in it. <laughs> it's like yeah. by that time, the craving is gone and your brain is done freaking out at you. My other way for preparing for success, and I know that Heather uses this tip all the time, is visualizing the day. Visualize the whole day a few times. And it's been proven that when you are visualizing a situation, your brain thinks it's really happening. So your brain doesn't realize that what you visualized didn't actually already happen. It really does help. I've used this before. And I like would visualize the interaction and, you know, visualize me not drinking alcohol. Like, you know, say with my hot chocolate, for example, visualize yourself leaving. You're not having to worry about what you said because you remember what you said. 
And I think that this is probably one of my very favorite tools. And if you're not a visual person, if you can't pull up the picture in your mind, just jot it out. And it could be, you know, equally as helpful. And the mind remembers what the hand writes. So it's further like wiring, wiring that pathway for success. And if you're nervous about, you know, seeing family or friends, you know, make your non-negotiables around your boundaries. And you don't have to go, you don't have to let that, well, I have to go, I'm obligated. Like you were saying earlier, earlier, Sarah, like you're not obligated to do anything and you don't have to go if it's going to compromise your future self or your current self. So yeah. Yeah. I love the visualization tool a lot. I know that's one of my go-tos and forever I didn't realize that I did it. And then I, I read about it and I was like, oh, I do that all the time with all different things. I did it when I was a teacher. I did it when I was a runner. And I always tell people on the Daymakers community calls, I always tell them that like, this is what, that this is what professional Olympians do before they are going to do their event. They're, this part of their training to visualize that it's going to happen. So why not do it with your own life? If it's good enough for an Olympian that's going to go out and win their gold medal, it's good enough for us. And I loved the tip of writing it down. Because I know there's people that are like, it, it, you can't conjure up that mental image in your mind. And then that almost feels like it's stressful to do this tip. But it's like, if you can just write it out, think every little detail and all of a sudden you do it and you're living the real moment. And it's kind of exciting because you're like, I'm doing it exactly, exactly as I visualized it was going to happen. My next tip for you is to remember what the holiday is all about. Every holiday. None of them are about drinking, except for I did find I did find one in my research that was National Hangover Day, and it's January 1st. And I, I found this article actually kind of cracked me up, but made me angry all at the same time. Like, are you kidding me? This isn't how you should start your year. And then I was like, oh, I did this plenty of times. But remember what the holiday is all about. And the one that's closest to us would be Hanukkah or Christmas, whatever you celebrate. Think about what's actually happening with that holiday. If you're not religious, because I'm not, and I know that there's still many other sides to this holiday, it's about seeing family for me. It's about being with my family and really spending focused time with them. When I was drinking, I wasn't giving anybody my focused time. My brain was thinking about drinking. My brain was thinking about hiding my drinking. My brain was thinking about my hangover. And I wasn't thinking about like, oh, this is a time where I can actually talk to my parents, where I actually don't get time to talk to them normally. So focus in on what the holiday is. And this is with every single holiday. And it's kind of mind blowing when you start going, oh, I always thought Thanksgiving was about drinking all day long. It's actually, you know, that family time, that coming together and celebrating the harvest or it's Christmas. I'm going to give people gifts and show them how I love them through these great ideas that I came up with for them. What holidays have you found that are like the the pinnacle of like, oh, I was just drinking on this holiday, but it's about so much more. Oh, goodness. All of them. Thanksgiving was like the kickoff to Christmas. But I have found that like on Thanksgiving, like I enjoy reading the actual newspaper to see what's on the Black Friday sale. I love the parade. I'm a much better, I don't cook often, but when I do, I'm far better at it than prior and just like Christmas like if you don't have kids which I do I have a little one so it just gives it a lot of joy but like try to tap into what is bringing you joy yeah you know if you're not a religious person like well what brings you joy what's your personal religion like 
what brings you joy. But I think Christmas is so cool, like with a little one. And I'm not as tired and grouchy. Oh my gosh, that's so true. And I like, I love bringing the magic right now. And this is the disclaimer to get the kids out of the room right now, because I'm going to talk about Santa just a little bit. But my kids are 12. I have twins and they are still, they're still buying into the Santa thing. And it's really because I keep it alive. Like I set an alarm now every year at 2 a.m. And drinking me never would have, drinking me would have given up this whole thing a long time ago. I would have been like, oh, I don't have to do Santa anymore. Thank God. I think it's so fun because it makes it so magical for them still. And I know they're, they're definitely questioning it. (laughs) But I always tell them, I'm like, you know, I don't go all out on any holidays. You think I could pull off that Santa gig? I'm not doing that. Heck no. So they're like, that's so true. And it's just been, it's so magical. What I found that I loved last year that I never would have thought that I loved was the elf on the shelf and creating like different places and outfits. And like, I did it like at 8 p.m. versus I can't imagine if I were still a drinker, like not laying out the elf paired with like 3 a.m. wicked crippling anxiety. Right. No way. I just loved it. I would. I got creative and like had such a good time doing that, and that totally surprised me. Yeah, could you imagine drinking Heather? No way. Not that I knew drinking no Heather, but I know no. drinking Sarah tried to do the Elf on the Shelf, and I did that as one that I finally my kids touched it, and I was like, "Oh no, he died." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, he didn't come back because you guys touched him." Right, and. I love that. I just can't imagine like I would have remembered to do it or I wouldn't have I've been resentful about this elf. But, it, but I'm just thankful. I really love it. I'm looking forward to it again. All right. Our last tip is to, oh, I like this one. Our last tip is to stay in your routine during the holidays. And this this works for any time of the year where you feel a little stressed or off. I think that being a non-drinker, my routines have become so sacred to me. My routines used to be recovering from a hangover in the morning and then slogging my way through my work day and then getting home and drinking and then drinking too much and passing out. Like my routines just weren't very, very solid as a drinker. I tried to have routines and I tried to be a routine person. And I know you may be listening to this going, routines are really boring. They're not really cool, but they are actually essential at staying level-headed and during, especially during stressful times and especially during the holidays, I have a morning routine that's sacred to me. That's my routine. And Heather's going to touch on the evening routine because that's not quite my jam. But I also know that morning routines are not everybody's thing. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, she's telling me that now during the holidays, I have to add in getting up early and doing this. No, but if this sounds like something for you, then try it out. But every morning I wake up probably about an hour before my family, sometimes earlier, just because I'm an early bird. But I wake up, I do a meditation through an app, and then I do gratitudes, and I do my daily affirmations, and then I do a workout. Pretty simple, but it took time for me to do. But when I don't do it, I'm off, and especially during holiday season. And it's just like when routine isn't happening everywhere else in my day, that gives me a solid base, and it makes it easier for me to not want to reach for a drink come 3 p.m. because I've made those decisions for myself. I've laid the foundation. Heather has a killer evening routine. So I'm going to have her go through that because 
This is something that I actually still need to work on. It might help my crabbiness in the evening. Yeah. So after that little one goes to bed, I like to do just a quick meditation, like a one to two minute to try to re reset into my evening. And I have recently started reading an actual book for at least 10 minutes. I love to read, but I think there's something about holding an actual book for at least 10 minutes to help you, you know, helps me unwind. Then doing like some cool series, you know, on one of the streaming platforms and not scrolling on my phone, just like getting involved in the TV program or I just started diamond dot painting, which is actually really cool. I highly recommend it. And then I tr- transition to like my, my skincare routine and then try to put myself to bed at the, around the same evening. And I know that sounds really dull. And I really <laughs> look forward to it. It is really right like, helpful to like unwind and and give myself that time. And it's like schedule self-care. So, yeah, I go to bed thinking about my morning routine and how excited I am for it. It's like, it's kind of ridiculous how those little things, but for you having it in the evening, I think that is key for people when it comes to drinking because the witching hour, it would start for me probably at like 3 p.m. I'd be thinking, oh, it's time to drink. And especially in those first few days of being alcohol-free, trying to figure out like, how am I going to fill this time? And coming up with a routine is just the smartest Way That's to get how through. my evening routine was born. And like you, I look forward to my evening routine. And we're creatures of habit. So these are really good, yeah. healthy ones. And you get to remember everything you did the, the night before. I know I keep mentioning that, but that that is such a huge. It's huge. It no, is. And like that's a, that's a huge winner. Oh, the sleep is so good. When your body finally learns how to be a body without alcohol and you're sleeping without it, it's like, oh my God, it makes it all worth it. And when I talk to people and they're like, well, I can't sleep without drinking. I'm like, ooh, ooh, you can. You can. And it's amazing. Better. I used to say, Just like, so oh, you I know. can't sleep. I mean, I still yeah. have trouble sleeping, but I'm here to tell you that alcohol makes it. Yeah, for sure. Those are our tips to help you get through your holidays alcohol-free. I'm just going to do a quick recap because I know sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, they talked about so much. I don't even know what those were, but if you're if you're listening and you're writing them down, it was focus on the positives was number one. Prepare for success is number two. Remember what the holiday is all about and then stay in your routine for number four. So just be thinking about those things as we're going through this holiday season and just try to really enjoy. And to wrap it all up, I thought it'd be really fun for us to share our most fun alcohol-free memory from a holiday. And this one was really hard for me to figure out, too, but I'm going to let Heather share first. The first thing that came to my mind was going to see the winter lights last year and, you know, being present and really enjoying the lights. And like, it would mean it was so magical and not like trying to figure out like if, you know, what was in my cup was going to last or looking for places that sold alcohol was in the activity or the event. It was, it was truly truly magical and I felt like I got to experience that magic. I love that. My favorite alcohol-free memory is my very first alcohol-free Christmas. I was kind of challenging myself to make it the best Christmas ever because I knew I wasn't drinking and I was just like, I know I'm going to have more energy, more time, less stress. And by this time I had quit in May 
So I had gone a few months and I knew that those things were true. So I was pretty excited and I got all into decorating that year. And I decked out our whole house. Every night I would sit and make these paper snowflakes that are those 3D ones that you can bend into shapes. And I did those and they were hanging all over our house. It was like a winter wonderland had exploded. And if you would have known me when I was drinking, Sarah, it was no holiday decoration. I did the Christmas tree and I always told everybody, we're going to do a Christmas tree and we're going to put one strand of lights on the house because that's all I want to deal with. Because I didn't want to take it down. I didn't want it to interfere with my drinking. It was just, I was just a big Grinch for sure. And then that year I was like, I'm going to get out every holiday decoration I own. And I won't say that I loved putting it away, but I did love having it out and it made it feel so, so magical in the house. And I just felt so proud of myself. Like I brought this to my kids. They were able to help with the, the, the decorations and get them hung up. And it was just really cool. And it still stands out when I see pictures of my family that year with all the snowflakes hanging everywhere. It, it makes me be like, dang, I did it. I finally arrived that year. So hopefully That's you awesome. all get to go create some of those memories too. Because I really do think it can be overwhelming. I know Heather agrees, but it's so worth it. Definitely is. If you guys have favorite alcohol-free memories, if you've already done some alcohol-free holidays, comment them because it's going to make other people reading about this this podcast they're going to be saying oh my gosh yes alcohol free holidays are so much better and i think we all need the social proof like it's one thing to hear it from me and heather but when you hear it from other people you're like okay well if it's true for them it's probably true for me too definitely i look forward to reading them that's a, that's further inspiration for all of us i think thank you for listening to the no more wasted days podcast we hope that you will share this with a friend or family member that might be looking for some inspirational tips around their alcohol-free journey and the holiday. And make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast and don't forget to rate and review. It takes about 30 seconds. And this podcast is really new, as all of you know, but we'll be putting together an Instagram profile just for the podcast and hopefully a YouTube channel. So check the description of this podcast for those links. And you can always go check out our Daymakers community, which is where we host weekly group coaching calls. You'll see me and Heather on those. And we have a private message thread community there. And you can also check out some options for one-on-one -on -one coaching in the description of this podcast as well. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>